Hello, and welcome to the Claremont Bible Fellowship Bible Instruction Time. We now turn you over to our speaker for the day. Okay, good to see you tonight. Glad nobody got blown away last night uh, by the wind and the tornadoes and all of that. And uh, I went through a tornado with my family in um, uh, 1967. Um, we were sitting in our living room, eating supper, and uh, there were no warnings uh, at all. We didn't know it was coming. And um, the uh, wind started to blow, and we looked at the, we had a big picture window in the living room that we could see right from our dining room, and the bikes are flying by, and garbage cans, and, and then it literally, like they always say, sounded like a locomotive. So I grabbed my hamburgers and ran to the basement. Okay. <laughs> That's right, priorities. <laughs> so uh, it sucked the windows out of the house. It did all kinds of damage, but it didn't blow the house away. So, so we were. This was in Michigan. It was called the Palm Sunday Tornadoes up there. Yeah, and uh, uh, something like 37 tornadoes touched down and made their way from Indiana, Illinois, Indiana. On north, northeast track, right, uh, right up through Grand Rapids. You remember that, Don? Did you live in the area then? Ah, okay, okay, yeah. Anyhow, um, so so when the buzzer went off last night, my ear is kind of I'm I'm ready to you know think about that a little bit. So anyhow, we want to get back and continue our study in Proverbs chapter three uh, and learn where we're we're really learning. To understand these do's and don'ts and rewards of God's wisdom, of God's, uh, the, of wisdom's teaching. And I know we're kind of plodding along. I, I don't really apologize for that. Um, how many know D. Martin Lloyd-Jones? Have you heard of him? We're in a brethren crowd. Nobody's heard of D. Martin Lloyd-Jones. It's okay. Charlie has. All right. Uh, he was a famous preacher and expositor in London, England. Um, Westminster Chapel and um, uh, excellent preacher and he uh, started teaching in the book of Romans on Friday nights every Friday night he would expound the book of Romans and it only took him 12 years to to get through the book okay so that's not to scare you I'm not gonna (laughs) but we are taking our time and we're just gonna learn what we can learn and and do that so let's pray for a moment okay father thank you for your word and we pray that you would help us tonight and, and that your Holy Spirit would give us insights, um, work in ways and, and work in our hearts in ways that maybe uh, you haven't before or ways that we need to be refreshed in ways where we need fresh insights and, and just to learn some things and be reminded of things um, And we'll trust you for the outcome, Father. Trust your Holy Spirit to do his work tonight. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Um, I'd like you to turn in your Bibles, uh, or you can actually watch it on the screen if you want. We're going to read the passage, Proverbs 3, 1 to 13. I'm going to do something a little different. We're going to read it from the Amplified Version. The Amplified Version here. And... uh, Uh Uh-oh, maybe I'm not. I didn't think of this. 
Um, no network connection, meaning I can't use this Bible for the input. You know what? We've got it on the screen, right? Or I'll read it from my phone. I can do that. Let, give me one moment. We'll just read it from my phone. Since you Amplified or Amplified Classic? Oh, I think it's just Amplified, but I've got it here, I think. We've got it on the screen, too, but you can follow along. But I want to read it. Uh, it'll be easier for me to read it from my phone here. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about the network connection there. so. But I have to get to it. Proverbs 3, Amplified. Here we go. Okay. It says this, My son, do not forget my teaching. But let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life worth living and tranquility and prosperity, the wholeness of life's blessings, they will add to you. Do not let mercy and kindness and truth leave you. Instead, let these qualities define you. Bind them securely around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize him. He will make your paths straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord with reverent awe and obedience and turn entirely away from evil. It will be health to your body, your marrow, your nerves, your sinews, your muscles, all your inner parts, and refreshment, physical well-being to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your crops or income. Then your barns will be abundantly filled and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not reject or take lightly the discipline of the Lord. Learn from your mistakes and the testing that comes from his correction through discipline. Nor despise his rebuke. For those whom the Lord loves, he corrects, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. Happy or blessed, considered, Excuse me. Happy, blessed, considered fortunate, to be admired, is the man who finds skillful and godly wisdom, the man who gains understanding and insight, learning from God's word and life's experiences. And we'll trust the Lord will bless his word. That's uh, you, The amplified version is kind of a, I think it's kind of a cross between a translation and a paraphrase. Um, and it's actually a little difficult to read because of all the brackets and the parentheses. But I just thought it would be uh, helpful tonight to do that. Let me get back to where I'm supposed to be here. And um, um, As we get into this, I want to start with tonight uh, a why question. Begin with a why question. And that is, why should we obey wisdom's teachings, laws, and commandments? Why should we obey? 
wisdom's teachings, laws, and commandments. And as we've learned, uh, wisdom is identical, we, really, we could say synonymous with God, with the Lord Jesus, since in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Uh, wisdom is identical with our Heavenly Father, the divine word, and the word of God. Um, <clears throat> and it's because of all these things, all of these things come from the same source, right? God is the wisdom, uh, excuse me, God is the source of that wisdom. And so um, the question is, why should we obey all of these? I'm, the, the answer is in our text here that we read in Proverbs 3. Um, and we're going to talk about that. But let me expand the question a little bit. Why should we obey any authority? Why should we obey our parents? Uh, although we don't have probably too many here with parents still alive. But, um, uh, you know, if we had the young people here, and I, I'd, I'd ask them that. Why obey parents? Why obey the police, policemen? Why should we obey elders, overseers, shepherds in the local assembly? Why should we obey the government and the uh, laws of the land? And I'll give you a hint. It has something to do with love. Something to do with love. We'll be talking about as we go. Um, but let's, uh, let's continue on in our study. You know by now our goal is to really learn and understand. And hopefully, this is always my prayer as a teacher and preacher, uh, remember. Remember the do's and the don'ts and the rewards of wisdom's teaching. And we, I'm just going to review very quickly because I like to drive the nail in real good. We saw that the first don't or uh, command, we saw that last time. The first don't is do not forget wisdom's teaching, but keep or obey her commandments. Uh, wisdom says, my son, that's verse three, my son, do not forget, excuse me, verse one, my son, do not forget my teaching. And that not only means don't forget the content of what, what it says, but don't forget to do it. Don't forget to obey it, right? Um, so forgetting is, if forgetting is to disobey it, then the opposite of that is, is to obey it, obviously. Um, so that's the don't. Don't forget it. Don't forget to do it. Don't forget to obey it. That's the word to his son. And then uh, point B, if you're using the outline from last time, wisdom also says, let your heart, heart keep or obey her commandments. Let your heart keep or obey her commandments. Um, as you know, these commandments represent God's word, God's truth. Pretty basic stuff here. Uh, but this is a basic lesson, isn't it? This is the basic lesson that this father is giving to his son. And so it's, it's basic even for us. But it's so important to be reminded about these things. Notice that we have that word heart again, that control center of man that we talked about and kind of defined uh, last time. It's the heart that is to keep. Let your heart, he didn't say let your brain, let your body, let your heart keep uh, his commandments, wisdom's commandments. And please remember the word keep literally means to guard, to preserve securely. Um, we are to keep God's wisdom and commandments locked securely in our hearts as a valuable treasure, as a valuable treasure. Um, as we think about that, we need to see our heart as a giant spiritual and moral uh, bank vault containing the vast riches of God's wisdom and commandments. And that bank vault contains or should contain items of spiritual gold and silver and 
diamonds and necklaces and all worth more than millions of dollars, more than billions of dollars, right? Uh, in fact, you read in Proverbs many times that God's wisdom is far more valuable than silver or gold. But we need to think of our hearts as a bank vault. And so to keep God's word and wisdom and commandments secure, we're to, we're to keep it locked up, preserved in one's heart. And keep in mind that uh, this is not merely a command that we're to keep mentally or intellectually, but I'm going to coin a word maybe. We're, we're to keep it heartfully, if I can say it that way. Okay, We're to keep it heartfully. Uh, remember it heartfully with all of our hearts. Um, you know, we often say of an intense, dedicated athlete that they put their heart and soul into the race they ran or to the event that they're involved in. Um, they put their heart and soul into it. Or of a singer, we might say they put their heart and soul into that song they sang or they sang it with all their heart. Well, we know what that means. They gave their all, their, their, their entire being to doing. Uh, from, from within their entire being, they, they gave themselves to do that thing. Um, from the very depths of their being, uh, they ran the race, they sang the song, or maybe they preached the sermon or whatever. You know, you do it with all your heart. And that's really what the, the uh, writer to the Proverbs is saying here or writer of the Proverbs. And of course, um, in this way, we are to love God with all of our hearts. This is a very common concept in the Bible. We are to love God with all of our hearts, uh, with all of our heart, totally, intensely, completely. And we know Jesus said that in Mark chapter 12. He asked one of the scribes, what commandment is the foremost of all? Jesus answered, the foremost is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And whenever I read those verses, I am convicted. Amen. Uh, I wish I could say I always give it my all with everything in me, but I fail in that area. I come short. But that's the standard. That's the standard. So as sons or children of God, we are not to forget wisdom's teaching or law or word. Rather, we're to keep it, we're to preserve it, secure it in our hearts and as I said last time, when one does forget it, it's not, it's not really an issue of a bad memory so much. It's really willful forgetfulness of one's heart, not a failing memory. Uh, and that led us then to the reward. We talked about the reward, and there are great rewards in knowing, obtaining, and obeying God's wisdom. And uh, many of these rewards, in a sense, are the natural consequences of being wise and living wisely. They're kind of built in as rewards, if you will. Uh, you know, even in the natural realm, the human realm, there are examples of that. Eating the proper foods, getting regular exercise, getting adequate sleep, all of those things are going to kind of reward you and benefit, benefit you and bless you uh, physically in terms of your health. Um, if you obey certain laws of physics and drive at a safe speed as you go around the curve or as you go around the corner, uh, 
then you may be probably rewarded with, with uh, physical safety, right? I mean, those are built-in rewards. Um, you'll avoid injuries. Um, but if you diso- disobey certain um, natural laws, you're going to have problems. Try um, going without water for four or five days. You might make it three. But try four or five or six days, and you're going to be in big trouble. Um, Try jumping out of an airplane at 10,000 feet without a parachute. Uh, Try eating ice cream. Try eating ice cream. How many love ice cream? Uh Well, don't do what I'm about to say. Try eating ice cream, you know, 30 days in a row and nothing else. And we'll see what your uh, endocrinologist says about your insulin, right? (laughs) You're going to have all kinds of problems. Um, No, there are... When we disobey certain natural laws, we have trouble. We have problems, and that's obvious. Uh, and the same is true, sp- <clears throat> excuse me, spiritually. When we foolishly disobey the spiritual laws of God and His wisdom, um, then there is trouble. But when we wisely obey them, God's wisdom, His laws. Psalm nineteen eleven says. By them thy servant is warned, in keeping them there is great, what? Reward. Great reward. Uh, It's really true. It really is true. Um, Now, last time we looked at the nature of that reward, Proverbs 3.2 says that the reward is long life and peace. And uh, in other words, it's a prolonged life, very clear, and we spent a lot of time on that, I think. Uh, whether many years on this earth or eternity in heaven, it's, it's long life. That's a promise. But we also saw that the reward is also peace. Peace with God. Uh, the peace of God. Peace with others as well as peace within ourselves. Jesus said in John 14, you know this, verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Uh, not as the world gives to you, but not let your, do not let your heart be troubled or let it be fearful. Peace with God, the peace of God, and he's given his peace to us. Uh, What a wonderful reward that is of knowing him. And and then all you got to do is think of unsaved people that you know that don't have that peace. Amen? That that have anxiety problems and are on all kinds of pills and and alcohol and drugs and whatever. And uh, oh, it's obvious. You, You know it. What, what I mean by that. We have that peace that the Lord gives to us. And that's because we have found the source of wisdom, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the source of peace, where true peace is found. Um, you know, I think back to my teenage days here. And that's been quite a while now, Buck. Quite a while. Um, uh, in my day, the big thing musically was the Beatles, Right? Beatles came out in 1960, I know this, two or three. I was 11 years old. I was 11 years old. And uh, I fell in love with them. Uh, but, you know, the Beatles sang much about peace, joy, and love. All you need is love, they said, right? All you need is love. And I, she loves you, yeah, 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 and all that stuff. Uh, and every time I walk into a store where they're playing the oldies, I, I memorized the songs when I was 11, and unfortunately I still know a lot of them, you know. Um, but guess what? That group broke up 10 years after they hit it big. Why? They couldn't get along. So much for peace, joy, and love, right? They, they, 
they just couldn't get along. Um, what'd you say, Don? And drugs. And drugs, yeah, well, that didn't help matters any, <laughs> right. Oh, man. Um, I reminded uh, that the Apostle Paul, he wrote to the Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 11 through 12. Finally, brethren, rejoice, be made complete or mature, be comforted, like, be like-minded, live in peace, and the God of love and peace... See, the Beatles didn't, write, didn't read this verse. They should have. The God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Well, it's pretty hard to do that if you're not at peace with each other, right? Uh, how, whatever you understand the holy kiss to be, that, that holy greeting. Um, but the fruit of the Spirit is, amen, love, joy, peace, etc. Patience, kindness, goes on. Uh, true wisdom, godliness, and spirituality produces true peace in relationships with others, in, in uh, relationship, our relationship with God himself, and in fact, it produces that peace within ourselves. And it's a wonderful thing, and it, it's evident here, I think, in Proverbs chapter 3. Um, so both long life and peace, they're found only in one person, that being the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, one must have a relationship with him to have that, that peace and uh, to benefit from that peace. And if that relationship is lacking, then true wisdom is lacking and also true peace is lacking. Amen? That's right. Okay, that brings us to a second don't, verse 3. And here we see the command, the don't is do not let go of kindness mercy and truth. Do not let go of kindness, mercy, and truth. Verse 3 actually says, do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And here we need to carefully define two or three key words. Two or three key words uh, as used in the passage, namely the words kindness, truth, and leave. And I'm going to start with the last one, the, the word leave. This word azav in Hebrew, is it means to depart or to loosen or to forsake. To depart, to loosen, or to forsake. And here the father is exhorting his son to grasp, hold on tightly to the kindness and the truth uh, and that is don't let them go from your, your life and your practice. Don't let them depart from you. Don't let them forsake you. Uh, hold on to them tightly. Um, and just what are we to hold on to? Again, kindness and truth. Now, I'm going to probably take the risk of confusing you here. Some versions say mercy and truth. Other versions say steadfast love and faithfulness. I'm going to explain all this in a moment, but those are different uh, versions and a little bit different translations of the word. Others say reliability or loyalty. Uh, if anybody uses J.N. Darby's version, it says loving kindness and truth. Okay, so uh, it's all translating the same words, but let, let me try to unfold this a little bit uh, now that I've confused everybody. The word for kindness here. Or some versions say mercy, right? What else? Anything else? Any other versions out there? Okay. The word for kindness here is the Hebrew word hesed. It's used over 240 times in the Old Testament. 
And it's, it means, it refers to Yahweh's loyal covenant love for his people. Yahweh's loyal covenant love for his people. So it literally means steadfast love or loyal love or faithful love. And this is why it's often translated mercy. Because uh, God in his mercy still loves his people even though they go astray. Even though they mess up. He still loves us, right? Even though we mess up. In a merciful kind of way, he continues to love us. Uh, it's steadfast. It's loyal. Um, and that's what this is about. There's a great biblical illustration of this. And we're not going to read it because it's so very long. I wanted to read it, but we'd be here quite a while if I did. It's in Daniel chapter 9. But I want, really want to encourage you to read it. Read it, uh, Daniel 9, 1 to 23. Uh, as many of you know, in 586, King Nebuchadnezzar uh, and the Babylonians, they defeated and they uh, occupied Jerusalem. Then in 605 BC, Daniel and his companions were taken captive. And of course, the Jews by Nebuchadnezzar taken captive into Babylon. So we call that the Babylonian captivity. And this occurred because Israel had sinned against God. They had turned their back on God. They had they had done exactly what, they, what the son here is told not to do. They forgot. They forgot and they let go of God's wisdom, God's truth, God's mercy and kindness. They just turned their back on it. And in that chapter in Daniel 9, he just goes on and on and on uh, confessing his sins and confessing the sins of his people um, and appealing to God that he would be merciful. And it really, uh, in Daniel 9, we read of that prayer, that confession. Um, we read of similar prayers, very similar, for the same reasons, basically, in Ezra 9 and Nehemiah 9. So easy to remember. Daniel 9, Ezra 9, Nehemiah 9, and you're going to find the same types of prayers uh, concerning, concerning that confession. Uh, but back to Proverbs 3. As the father tells his son, we are not to let hesed or loyal love depart from us or leave us. Don't let it leave you. Um, in other words, we are to imitate God and have loyal love, steadfast, devoted love for God, for his word, for his wisdom, for, for others. Uh, and this might be compared to the loyal covenantal love that faithful and loyal married couples have for one another. And I, I just see that as a great illustration of this sort of love um, that you have in a marriage. My wife does not leave me every time I mess up, even though she knows me very well. And we've been together for, well, married 49 years in August and, and known each other for 50 um, as far as as we started dating 50 years ago, I think it was. Um, being the very imperfect husband that I am, she would have left me a long time ago if our relationship was based on my perfections, which I don't have any, so, <laughs> right? Uh, no. Um, fortunately for me, by the grace and working of God, my wife has that said kind of love, uh, that is steadfast. It's a love that's loyal. It's devoted. 
It's full of mercy. Again, all by the grace of God, as far as I'm concerned. And by the grace and working of God, I have the same kind of love for her. You know, uh, this kind of love is what makes a marriage work, folks, right? Because we are imperfect. We are sinful. We do fail each other at times. Uh, so that kind of intentional covenantal love, that's what keeps a marriage together. And so as believers, um, we are also to have that said loyal kind of love for our perfect God and his word and his wisdom. The only difference is God doesn't need our mercy, right? I mean, he certainly doesn't need our mercy in that sense. Um, but this is the type of love the writer of Proverbs is talking about. Notice that besides kindness or loyal love, we're also not to let truth leave or depart from us. We're not to let truth leave or depart from us. Now, at first glance, um, just sounds like truth, you know, when you read it uh, in most versions. But here the Hebrew word for truth is speaking of faithfulness, devotion, or reliability. That's literally what the Hebrew word is referring to. Now, it makes sense even in English. We sometimes speak of a, pers- speak of a person as being true blue. We know what that means, right? They're, they're loyal, true blue, um, faithful, reliable. That's the idea here. Or we might say, be true to your wife or your husband, or be true to your school, or be true to your country, your, your nation. Um, that's what truth is referring to here in verse 3. And then it says, do not let truth, when it says, do not let truth leave you, it means stay true, stay loyal, stay faithful to wisdom's word and teachings. So ultimately it's speaking of what? Obedience again. It all goes back to the, isn't that amazing how the Bible, have you ever noticed that? How the Bible, in in a sense, the Bible has relatively, few truths and concepts, but it approaches them in a zillion different ways, right? I mean, I've never sat down and tried to count up how many truths and concepts are there, but my point is the main themes, the main truths in Scripture are relatively few, um, but the Lord knows how to express them to us in all kinds of different ways, and that's kind of what what we're seeing here. We're to stay true, loyal, faithful to wisdom's word and teachings. Uh, it's obedience. One author put it this way by saying of verse 3, quote, Obedience is the outward behavior of the Christian's inner devotion to the Lord. This devotion keeps the believer true or faithful to him and his word. This is what is meant by truth in this context. It is the devoted believer's steadfast loyalty to God and his word. Again, the message is that God desires obedience that is from the heart, end quote. Now, the question is this. The question is, how do children, the children of God, how do we as children of God keep mercy and truth and faithfulness from getting loose? from leaving us, from departing from us. And folks, we need to stop for a moment and think and realize, you know, what's that little phrase we often hear? 
uh, but for the grace of God, there go I. Yeah. We need to realize that at any given moment, we can, we can mess up, we can let it depart. We can let that mercy and truth, that, that faithfulness, we can let it loose and, and we end up doing something we shouldn't do. Uh, how do we keep it from getting away? Well, verse 3 tells us, and here we come to a couple of those do's, and I'm just going to touch on them tonight because of our time. First of all, the first do, bind them around your neck. Bind them around your neck. Um, the other one is also write them on the tablet of your heart. Maybe I'll just take time and do talk about the binding around the neck. What is that all about? Um, again, I think we have to understand it in the Jewish context. Bind them around your neck. Um, one way to see it is as referring to something that is close to your heart. It's on display. When, uh, when a lady wears a beautiful neck, necklace, it's really meant to impress. It's got all kinds of jewels there, hanging there. Uh, you know, it's, it's on display. What's that? I was just going to talk about that. That's right. Thank you. Yeah, that's okay. You're ahead of me, brother. That's okay. But yeah, it's to put that on display that, that, you know, in a, in a human sense, that beauty, um, but like precious jewels on a beautiful necklace, loyal love, loving kindness, total devotion, that obedience, faithfulness, they're all to be beautiful jewels as if we're wearing them on our neck like a necklace. So that's one way of looking at it. Um, but there's another figurative way of thinking about this that maybe you haven't thought about, and that is to remember that the neck houses one's what? Your throat. The neck houses your throat. And uh, the throat's pretty imper- important because life-giving oxygen flows through the float. No, not through the float, through the throat. Yeah, I'll get it. <laughs> to the lungs, you know. That's so important if we're going to breathe properly. Uh, There's another important function of the throat, and that is the food goes down through the throat into our stomachs. Now, why, why are we even bringing that up? Well, mercy or kindness and truth or faithfulness are tied to, they're to be tied to or bound to the throat. That is, to your life in such a way that they essentially become your very breath, your very life. This is your life. It's, your, it's what sustains your life. Um, mercy, kindness, truth, that faithfulness or loyalty, tied to, bound to the throat, your very breath, your very food, it's required for you. And isn't that consistent with what scripture says that um, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God it's it's really quite a picture Uh, so in other words we're to see kindness and truth as being as much a part of us as crucial to us as our life-giving breath and as our life-sustaining food that's how important it is to be to us it's as normal to be as normal as regular breathing and eating, you know? And of course, that reminds us again of, of the fact that we're not to live by bread alone, but by every word of God. 
Um, and how interesting that his word is connected in the Bible to both food, to both food and to uh, the Holy Spirit, which is referred to as our breath of life, the Holy Spirit, referred to as the wind or, or a breath. Or, uh. And so how do we hold on to these things, kindness and truth, so tightly that they do not leave us? Uh, we're to write them on the tablet of our hearts. We're to write them on the tablet of our hearts. Now, again, we've known this ever since pretty much all of us were saved, right? That's why we tell kids to memorize the word. I'm not sure why we quit telling adults to memorize the word. So I'm going to tell you, we need to memorize the word, right? We need to write it on the tablet of our hearts. And of course, it speaks of all those things, reading, listening to, learning, memorizing, studying, pondering God's word, his wisdom. We're to saturate, I've told you this over and over, saturate our minds and hearts with the word of Christ, the word of God, um, the Spirit's word, that's Colossians 3.16. And that way, the data... And I go back to the programming illustration. That way the data and divine programming information are in our hearts by which the Holy Spirit, he then takes that info and he directs us and he guides us and, and he controls us as we live and walk in this world. You know, why is it that the Holy Spirit prompts you, maybe as an example, to witness to somebody? To share, you know, you're sitting on the bus or maybe you're probably not too, too many buses down here. You're on an airplane. This has happened to me a lot on an airplane. And the Lord's going, nudging me. You need to share the gospel with this guy or this lady, you know. Um, and finally I do and I yield. <laughs> and uh, what, why is that happening? Well, partly because the word of God is in my heart and I know. The spirit of God, his word is in me and I know what I should be doing. Uh, maybe you're in a situation where there's a temptation to uh, either lie or not tell all of the truth. If the word of God is in you, uh, then you know that that's wrong and you need, you need to tell all the truth. Uh, if you get too much change back at the gas station or the restaurant or whatever, what prompts you to take that back and give it back to the people? I believe it's the Holy Spirit working through his word. And that's why we saturate our minds and hearts with the word. Again, so he can control us. That's how we keep a tight grip on loyal love or kindness and truth or faithfulness or loyalty, all of those things. Um, now, I, I want to mention, we'll end with this idea because you brought it up, Buck, the phylacteries. You know all about the phylacteries, the Jews' use of phylacteries. This is Deuteronomy 4, 6 through 8. Um, God told the Jews that in these ways uh, they were to, to hide the word. They were to tie it, for example, little copies of God's word on their wrists, on their foreheads. Um, and the phylactery is a small little uh, leather box uh, containing uh, Hebrew texts that were written on vellum. I'm not sure how they could read them. It had to be pretty small. But, but there, was some, uh, there was some truth being symbolized here by doing this. And that is the word of God was always with them. The word of God was always there. It was in front of them. It was on their mind. Uh, it was 
the, it told him that this, the actions of your hands should be controlled by the word of God. It was on the doorpost. And so guess what? When they left the house, the word of God was behind them. When they got home and came back in, the word of God was in front of them. It was everywhere, in other words. That's the idea here. Um, God's word and truth was always to be on their minds and their hearts, controlling what they were doing. And folks, that's just an Old Testament illustration of Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. Uh, and that's what the, the writer to the Proverbs is really saying here. Um, and then uh, we'll finish with this. You know that in Exodus 52, uh, God himself uh, inscribed his word on stone tablets. Um, and, and it was there quite a while, right? Uh, it was there quite a while as it went through the wilderness and was carried by the Jews. Um, we are to inscribe God's word on the tablets of our hearts, the control center of man, so that the Lord is in control of all that we do, day and night, no matter when. And uh, we have that wisdom. We have that wisdom then available. Well, we have run out of time. Um, I w I've got a long list. I'm not, I'm not going to... Uh, well, maybe I'll just mention it and then I'll pray. These are just practical ways. And I'm sure most of you do these already. Practical ways to write the scripture on the tablet of your heart. Uh, listen to the recorded word on your phone as you go to sleep at night. I do that every night. Um, embed it in your consciousness your, or subconscious may, conscious, uh, mind maybe. Memorize the word. Listen to good preaching of the word on radio, TV, internet. Uh, read good commentaries. Post framed scripture texts on the walls of your home. Uh, if you work at your job and they were to allow this, uh, post copies of scripture in your workplace. I used to work a certain job uh, years ago uh, on a machine and I would just at home I would print scriptures on cards and I would tape them to the top of my machine uh, and, and as I worked I would be able to look at the word and memorize the word and, and do that kind of thing. Um, uh, listen to it as you drive in your car. There's Anybody have any ways that I haven't mentioned? These are common ways. Any other ways to write it on the tablet of your heart? To embed it in your mind? Anybody? Sing. Sing? Yeah, I, that's right. I've got the scriptures on, what are they called? Scripture songs. Yeah, yeah, scripture songs. That's right. Sing a lot of hymns, but not a lot of doctrine That's right. Amen. 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 All those ways. All those ways. Well, I know I'm preaching to the choir. I know we do these things. But we need to be reminded of them, don't we? Amen? All right. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for your truth. And what a privilege it is to hide your word in our hearts, to write it on the tablets of our hearts, to embed it in our minds. Um, oh, Lord, all these things. Because we know that when we need it, your Holy Spirit can retrieve that wonderful inspired information and he can control us and he can guide us and direct us and uh, empower us all of these things father we thank you for that we thank you for your kindness your mercy your loyalty to us your faithfulness and we just pray that we would be uh, 
the same, that we would imitate our Lord, that we would imitate you and be that way toward you. Thank you, Father. Bless your people tonight. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much.